Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, let's go hour number two on a Thursday. Lots of stuff on the board today, but this time of year and the fact that they made it official last night, a lot of talk about SEC 24 football schedules, no matter who your team is in the SEC. Obviously, a lot of Longhorn fans uh, listening to this station and this show and uh, trying to process everything from last night. It became official that it will be at College Station and it will be at Fayetteville for a couple of those uh, rivals that Texas fans were hoping would come back. They did. It is weird. Between those two and Oklahoma, you're playing three rivals you're excited about, but not one of them's in Austin. But don't worry, the SEC's got a plan for you. How about Georgia and Florida coming to Austin? They had an answer. Uh, And that's, that's, that's where they can turn to you and say, well, you wanted to be a big dog in the SEC. Welcome to Big Dog in the SEC. Oklahoma gets Alabama coming to them, too. We talked about all that today. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, and uh, we're going through a lot of stuff today. Coming up in an hour, we're going to have our album movie swap. I had never seen Coach Carter with Samuel L. Jackson. I've checked it out. Zay rewatched it and has some feelings. Uh, Zay had never heard the Beatles album Revolver. I thought that'd be an interesting one for him to check out. Revolver changed a lot of things for the Beatles and also for the recording industry and for pop music. So uh, it's always been one of my favorites. So we're going to talk about that one as well in about an hour. We're also going to talk about the Cheetah coming up and uh, an NFL record he'll try to chase down. Good text coming in, though, on the Specs text line, 337-3776. Back to the house divided coming back together. This text says, Texas and Texas A&M, I still remember the Aggies trying to take over this city. Midnight yell practice at the state capitol. Wow. Oh, oh man, great memories, fun times ahead. That is something that happened. Every other year. The Aggies are known for that. and not, It's not just like the midnight yell practice thing gets attention in Kyle Field. But what some people don't realize is they do one in every road game. They will organize somewhere. They'll say, hey, meet us outside of so-and-so's bar. Meet us over here at the park. Meet us over here wherever in those cities. And they do a midnight yell practice. And the big thing was at Austin, they love to go down to the steps of the Capitol and have midnight yell practice. Huh. So I guess they're going to try to bring that back in 2024. All right. Um, the oh, Sorry, 25 when the game is in ah, Austin. There we go. My bad, my bad. Um, uh, another one here, people were asking earlier about, is DKR an SEC environment? Somebody texted, it is better since CDC got here. No doubt about it. And one of the things I'm excited about, Zay, having respect for both sides of it and having seen the last 12 years where there's some people walked out of Kyle Field and have never been back. There are Aggies that maybe have never been back to DKR. I think it's going to be awesome when these fan bases see what the other school has been doing because I think both have made some really cool changes. The stadiums have been upgraded. 
The area around the stadium's been upgraded. Tailgating has been upgraded. All that stuff. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, I think, for both sides to realize, oh, wow, okay, this feels different. It's it's a totally different experience in both places than what you would have had in 2012 and 13. Yeah, and it's going to be fun, but again... What Steve Sarkeesian did yesterday on social media, putting out the 2023 schedule, like, yo, I'm glad the media and everybody's talking about us going to the SEC, looking forward to it, but you got to look at what's ahead of you, and that's this year going down the Big 12 top dog. That's just what it is. I mean, with this roster, no ifs, ands, or buts, you should be able to get there. You should get there. Yeah. And there should be no setbacks. You've been hearing all the right things. You brought guys in from the transfer portal. You've done a great job recruiting. And the development part, that's yet to be seen. But with what you have already, what you have returning, even though B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson's gone, you got to understand this year is a huge season and you cannot look too far ahead because it'll be very easy to. Very easy. Yeah, the, and it's a good point. I think the other thing there – you know, to realize when when you're going, you're you're getting into the last season here. But realize that this is the year where Texas fans are saying, playing at Jerry World, it almost feels like a maybe that that's not the bottom level of expectation, but it is in a way where you'd say, hey, they need to go play for that game, right? They need to go play in that ball game. If we're gonna all be honest about it, how many teams in the SEC in 2024 get to say that? before the season starts, get to say, got to get to Atlanta. Right. Got to get to Atlanta. Because if you start doing that too much starting next year, whether you're Texas or a whole lot of, heck, A&M, a lot of fans, if you start the year that way, you are going to be disappointed. Because that's a tough deal to go get. So this, to me, like you said, it's a building block opportunity. Because if you don't get there, what are the SEC fans going to say about you? headed to 24. Right. If you couldn't even get to Jerry World, what will they say about your chances to get to Atlanta? We all just have to be honest about it because that whole, it just means more, it just means more to smack talk. They do that a whole lot more than other fan bases do. Anybody ever tuned into that Paul Feinbaum show? That's all it is. (laughs) Fan smack talk. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another important element. I agree with you. I thought it was a good move from Sark. He'll have to embrace the SEC thing. When he's asked about it, have a good, quick response. We'll look forward to that. When we get there, we're focused on 2023. We're focused on Rice. I wouldn't even say Bama's name right now, right? We're focused on our first game, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I know we just had an interview with Herb Shrink. I don't know if it's aired yet, but... I don't think Herbstreit would be doing this job if he didn't ask him an SEC question. So I'm very eager to see of what Sark says about that. Like yeah. Herbstreit was at DKR. They were on the field. That type okay. of conversation. So oh, I got you. It was in depth. And, yeah, it should be a good one. But I'm pretty sure Sark is going to let him know, like, no, we're, we're talking about the Big 12. Yeah, that's going to be fun and stuff. Mm-hmm. But we have a job to do this year. And there's a lot of pressure on Steve Sarkeesian. Five and seven, eight and five these past two seasons. Mm, that's all right. But that's not the standard here. It ain't. And, again, with what you have on that roster, all the recruiting that you've done, bringing in analysts and stuff, all that looks good on paper, but we still got to see the production on the field. And there were a lot of losses last year that could have been avoided. 
Now we're hearing, you know, oh, they might have not have covered up enough stuff because they knew the plays over at the TCU game. You know, we don't know how truthful that is or how right. deep that goes, but you're hearing stuff like that being thrown around out there. And like we talked about in the first hour, Chad, now that you know you're going to the SEC, there might be a lot of petty people that are going to try to um, hold back your success from officials mm-hmm. to Obviously, the opponents being salty and petty and using bulletin board materials saying, oh, they're going to the SEC. They just think they're better than you. Just flat out, straight up, Gary Patterson yeah. approach. Like, oh. Isn't that what you tell your team? I would, absolutely. Oh, I'd come up. I'd have, a, I'd have a special speech for that game. Yeah, they didn't recruit you. They think they're better than you. Yeah, I'd have two speeches ready, one for when my team plays Texas and one if we also play <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> I would just have the same speech ready to roll, man. Yeah, that it's going to be just, yeah, the, all the dynamics are going to be wild. Here's what I would probably do if I'm Sark. I'll allow the discussion about, because he knows how much excitement is here, right? His brand, going to the SEC, he's been in the SEC, he knows what it's about. I'd allow that conversation all the way up until right before Big 12 media days. And then I would shut it all down as much as possible. And then anytime I got asked, it would be an immediate deflection. Immediate deflection. And then it's a matter of does he want to show up with a small statement at Jerry World about the SEC coming up, or does he just show up with we're moving forward and if anybody, if a Kirk Bowles or Anwar Richardson or anybody tries to ask about 2024, he says, Fellas, we're focused on 2023. We're trying to get back here to play for this championship. We want to win the last Big 12 championship that we can get. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with that too. Nip it in the butt right away. They ask a question. Sorry, guys. Focus on this season. But you can let it play around right now because it's getting you attention. Yeah. Right? It's getting your attention. Let everybody talk about what we're talking about today. Let them talk about, oh, the game's coming back with A&M. Oh, you're going to go play Arkansas. Give it about another month, then shut it down. But you don't want to trickle down on the players. If I see any of the players get interviewed and they get asked about it, I don't want to hear them talking about it. That's for damn sure. That's that's fair, I, too. And I hope Steve Sarkeesian makes that clear. Like, hey, y'all deflect. Yep. Anybody ask you about the SEC, y'all know what we've been doing. Y'all know the work that we put, we've been putting in. We're not playing those teams right now. The only thing I might allow, just allow them a little one, I would say there's only one SEC team we're allowed to talk about, the one we played week two. Okay, I'm with that. that yeah, that, that's yeah, right? yeah, Alabama. If you right. want to talk about Alabama, we'll talk about Alabama because we play them September 9th. Outside of that, we got to focus on the rest of it. And then again, it's risky because each week, take one step at a time. You got Rice first. Sure. So if you look crappy against Rice <laughs> leading up to going to Alabama, nobody will care about that. Oh, uh, sure. Don't worry, please. Zay. You, please. Just, just beat Rice 20 to 17. It won't matter. Homeboy, please. <laughs> That week we come in on Monday oh and they God. squeak by Rice by single yeah. digits. Man, come on now. Nobody would have faith going up to Tuscaloosa. Especially if Alabama whips their first opponent. Yeah. I don't even know who it is. I haven't even looked at their schedule to see who it is yet, but I'm sure uh, they they will handle that one. All right, so all that discussion about SEC scheduling today, we've been getting into a lot of that. Uh, I'll read another great text coming up about one of our listeners that went to College Station back in the day. There's a weird pattern about Longhorn fans I know that have been to College Station back in the day. It's a weird theme that runs 
through. We'll get to that later. Uh, Zay, I want to talk about this Tyreek Hill thing, though. Uh, NFL season coming up. We talked about hard knocks earlier. They're trying to figure out who their team's going to be. We know who Tyreek Hill's team is going to be. This is one of those... It's another one of those that this old fan would say, uh, don't know if I'd throw this out. But Tyreek Hill's got a lot of confidence. So what is it he wants to do this year? Yeah, Tyreek Hill. He said he wants to break the receiving yards record in NFL history that Calvin Johnson holds right now with 1,964 yards in his 2012 wow. season. See, I was still the old man that was giving it to Jerry Rice. Where's Jerry on that list? Jerry's fourth, 1995, 1,800 yards, 1,800, yeah, 48 yards. Dad gum. All right, so if he's fourth and Calvin Johnson is first, is Randy Moss one of the other two? No. Um, Total yards. They're recent players. Michael Thomas. Well, no. Um, Close. He's top 10. He's, not, he's ninth. Does Hopkins have a year like that? Ooh, nope. No? I don't see him on this list. All right, tell me who am I missing? Julio Jones, 2015. Wow, would not have come up with that. 1,871 yards. He's second place? He's third place. He's third. Second place was Cooper Cubs season 2021. Oh, see, I forgot about Cooper. He went 1,947. Ooh, did he really? I <laughs> forgot he got that many yards. By the way, Zay, happy. 30 to Cooper Cup today. Ooh. 30 years old, Cooper Cup. It's going to be interesting to see his bounce back. He had that injury last year, and we know the Rams, they weren't the same coming off that Super Bowl dub, and now they don't have Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Darnold. You know, he's contemplated, you know, retirement, especially winning that ring and all the defensive trophies. Like, he's in the Hall of Fame, so mm-hmm. certain guys, you know, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, some some guys just don't want to play into the teens and play, you know, they want to spend time with their families and stuff while they're young and while they can move. And McVay, he was even contemplating not coming back when they won the Super Bowl. So I thought there was just a lot of distractions, the elbow for Matt Stafford. It's going to be an interesting year for the Rams. And shout out to Craig Way. I know you're probably definitely locked in for your team this season. But, yeah, Cooper Cup, I don't know if he'll ever get back to that 1,900-yard mark, yeah. especially, like you said, 30 years old. Usually when wide receivers hit 30, yeah. the decline starts to come. Yeah, that's a little tough. And in terms of Tyreek Hill and the bravado here, if he's still in Kansas City with Mahomes, I'd almost let you do this. Dude, you're in Miami now with that guy as your quarterback. There's a little bit of question and just kind of cloud hanging over that situation. We all hope he makes it through six, eight, ten games, maybe up towards 17 to make that statement. As a, I know that offense is supposed to be good, but a lot hinges on Tua just being out there. That's a weird bit of it's a, it's a weird bit of extra pressure he's throwing on Tua there. Yeah, it definitely is. And you'd be surprised, Chad, the most receiving yards that he's ever had was last year with Tua and whoever backups that. Is that right? Had. Yeah, that was his best season. So what was 1700. his number? Oh, okay. So he's only 200 away? Only 200 away. Mm, okay. And Patrick Mahomes, he spreads it out. I mean, it'd be tough to do that when you got Travis Kelsey on your team. True. Like, he's getting mad yeah. looks, but... On all the all pros that Tyreek Hill has had with this additional game, which I think that's why you see Cooper Cup up there, he has a chance. But Jalen Waddle on that other side, that dude's a dog too. They who they draft, they drafted another really fast wide receiver, a really fast player. So yeah, their offense should be good, but yeah, it all depends on Tua's health. 
All right, so before we get to the break, I'm going to read this text here, Zay. I'm going to leave the name out of it to protect the uh, the maybe innocent. Um, but it's somebody, this is the continuation of I'm never going back to College Station. It's from a Longhorn fan. It says, after relieving myself on a pool table at the Dixie Chicken, I don't, oh, come on. I don't feel safe there, LOL. I was actually very fortunate that every Aggie there was trying to kill me because they hit each other more than me. I did get thrown into Bottle Cap Alley, though, and then uh, he did also text, other than a black eye and having to get a tetanus shot, it was a great trip. But it made me, re- it made me realize, <laughs> Zach, I've talked to multiple Longhorn fans over the years. I'd say it's about a handful, around five or so. And their stories about what did I do in College Station involves them relieving themselves in a situation where it doesn't make sense. I had a, yeah. a friend back in the day that did that to a coffee table at a party. And he took pride in it. Like, I went to the party and I was hammered and I went on the coffee table and I just left and told him I hated Aggies. <laughs> and I'm like, Wait, what? So I need to know, Longhorn fans, as this rivalry is about to get going again, is there something, is there like some Longhorn tradition about going to College Station and peeing on stuff? Is that a thing? Because I feel like I've heard it way too many times over the years. Yeah, that, that's a personal issue. I want to say that's a Longhorn issue. That's a personal. Okay, issue. I would hope not. I yeah. just I want to make sure there wasn't like a tradition I missed. That's not something you get taught as a Longhorn fan along the way. No. Oh my god. It's interesting because as salty as I am with A and M, I've had nothing but great times in College Station. Yeah, from a kid playing in. Basketball tournaments there and going to A&M basketball camp when uh, Coach Gillespie, who him and my dad are cool, like when he was there, I used to dominate those camps. I remember I got an award and everything. And mm-hmm. then when I went for a good time, when I was of age, had a great you time. had a good time. I had okay. a great time. Right. You know what I'm hey, saying? If there's one thing, I've always said, if you're looking for a good time that involves alcohol, College Station will help you. Yeah. <laughs> At one point... More alcohol consumed per capita than any city in America. I don't know if that's still true. That stat did exist at one time. And trust me, Zay, my people like for you to know those things. Yo, don't sleep on Northgate. I'm telling you. And they've improved it, too. Even since the – I mean, once they went into the SEC – A&M realized they need to crank a lot of things up. Hotels, bars, restaurants, the game day environment, tailgating, all of it had to get ratcheted up because they knew SEC fans were going to walk in there and be like, what is it? Y'all think you're ready for us? Yo. So they got it going, and they've they've definitely changed some things there. Ain't nothing wrong with a nice night at Northgate with a nice honey. Then you go home to the hotel, and you got the Lane's chicken in the fridge mm. for some leftovers, man. The lanes call out. Yo, is good. yo, man, yeah. come on, lane. Yeah. I, that's the best thing y'all have done up there. Not gonna lie, lanes is solid. That place, the sauce, that place is crazy. Sometimes I just, sometimes I'll just make a trip over to College Station for like, it's like, hey, maybe I need a new T-shirt, or maybe I was visiting my niece, and it's like, hey, let's swing by lanes yeah. on the way out <laughs> before we get out of here. Oh man, it's gonna be fun to have that rivalry back in '24. Well, again, we don't know when, but a lot of folks are hoping for later in the season, and that Thanksgiving week is just blinking at everybody. Uh, I don't think LSU fans will be heartbroken if the game with A&M is moved to another week. I don't think Aggie fans would be heartbroken about that. I think Aggies and Longhorns want that game somewhere around Thanksgiving. That makes total sense. Because then you could use that easier non-conference game that everybody schedules in November. It'll probably still happen to a degree. It's probably where they'll fit that ULM game in that Texas has now scheduled. 
you fit that one in in November, and then you could play that rival game right after. Just saying. Just a thought. All right. Uh, so we'll talk more about that as we roll on. Also up next, speaking of scheduling, uh, I saw a great tweet from a former Flex star that's excited about the Texas 2024 schedule. We'll tell you why. Plus, remind you about that Wednesday Night Flex show from last night if you want to go check it out. Coming up at 2.05, it's our album and movie swap talking Revolver and Coach Carter. Up next, I'll also get you an update on the U.S. Open. Some Americans up towards the top of that U.S. Open. We'll tell you where the big names are as well. Coming up on The Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad and Zay. Oh, that's a good guitar, too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with little Eddie Van Halen. That guitar always gets you going. Plus, you get the prime David Lee Roth on this song, Van Halen, on a Thursday. Is it just me or when that song first fires up? Like, right at the moment it fires up, it kind of sounds like Tone Loke. And what? Is it Wild Is it wild Thing I'm thinking of? Wild Things or Funky Cole Medina. Those are the only Tone Loke songs I, th- I know. I think it's Wild Thing, and I've never thought about it before. I wonder if the very, very beginning of Wild Thing is the very, very beginning of Jamie's Crying. I never thought about that before. Go back and start it over again. Listen to the very beginning if you can. Just that very first moment. Oh, okay. You I'm, hear yeah, it? Yeah, I know what you mean. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the sam- if it's a sample or not. I never thought about it, but there you go. All right. Sorry, my music OCD brain sometimes hears weird things. Van Halen, Santana, and Jimmy Buffett. Musically today. Uh Kind of. Kind of? Yeah. All right. Kind of. Not bad. That's one of the strangest things I've ever brought up, so I apologize for that one. Um, They are playing the U.S. Open in L.A. at the L.A. Country Club, and right now the lead is minus four, and it's Jacob Solomon that's on top of the leaderboard. Group at minus three does include Dylan Wu and Ricky Fowler. Also Xander Shoffley hanging at minus three. Max Homa at minus two through ten. Some of the other names, Kepka and McElroy, both even par. They're just just getting started. Patrick Reed blowing up. Plus five. Not the weight. Plus five. He slimmed down now. Plus five through nine for Patrick. Justin Thomas plus three. Even for DeChambeau. Scheffler minus one through ten. Uh, I mentioned Homa and Shoffley there. Shoffley up there at minus three. Almost into the lead. One shot back. We'll keep you updated on the U.S. Open these uh, first couple days. And as our man Cameron Parker pointed out during Light the Tower today, you get some primetime golf with this thing being out on the West Coast. Okay. So they're going to start coverage on some of these early rounds like at 6 or 7 o'clock our time. Okay. So you'll be able to watch some you know, some primetime stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to see that 290-yard par 3. Dude, it's crazy. i got to see that. How about this? There are five... 
par people that play golf all the time know normally you have four par threes on a golf course. Two par threes on the front nine, two on the back nine. They have five on this golf course. The last time they played a U.S. Open on a course with five par threes, 1947. Damn. So this is a rare event. But par threes are cool because that's all yeah. about badass shot making and you can get a hole in one and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So there's five of those on this course if you're watching the tournament. All right, let's get the flex segment in. Uh, we'll talk uh, a little parade on the backside of it, but uh, let's get you a cool uh, Twitter story in the middle. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All righty. Uh, check out the Flex crew, Flex, uh, FLXATX.com. They had Wednesday night Flex last night, including Aiden Bennett and some of the Westlake baseball players. Westlake coach was on as well. If you go to Flex on Twitter, at FLXATX on your social media, a lot of different stuff with offers and visits and summer workouts going on. I just saw Paxton Land, the uh, quarterback from Westlake, uh, did get an offer from A&M and was shouting out that crew, shouting out Bobby Petrino. I'm still trying to get used to that, Zay. (laughs) Still trying to get used to it. But the one I wanted to mention was this cool connection with the scheduling. I saw a tweet, Flex retweeted it, from Princely Human Meelan, the stud from Maynard, that ends up in Florida, and he now tweets out, hey, we play Texas in 2024, and says, I might just, and has four smiley face, melting face emojis. So he's really excited about that part, and that's another angle here of now the recruiting discussion really closes in, adding Texas and Oklahoma to those recruiting discussions where you're saying to these kids, you come to the SEC, you're playing everybody, everywhere in four years. Yeah. So that that's an incredible thing and really cool that the, the crew out in Maynard can come watch Princely play in the Florida gear but play right here in Austin. That's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. And you think about somebody like Cedric Alexander who's at Vanderbilt. He'll be able to play Texas even though Texas is going up there. Yeah. I know that he'll feel a certain way about that, especially with Jamal Fenner, you know, on that other side. Oh, my God, I hadn't thought about I that. I know, right? Look at you. I, I just Duh. came to me. I don't know. Come on. That's Isn't a that crazy? good thought. I like that. Yeah, so yep. – yeah, yeah, you're right. The recruiting process, like you saw K.J. Lacey just got plucked out of Alabama right out of Nick Saban's backyard. And you can't yep. tell me going to the SEC didn't play a huge part in K.J. Lacey's decision-making. And you're going to see a lot of players like that, but it will work on the other side, too, where these Floridas and Alabamas, which they already do, but they'll continue to come down to Texas, the Georgias and Kentuckys, Mississippis, come down to Texas and get players here because we know Texas has some of the best product that you could have from high school football. Yeah, that's going to be crazy to watch. And then, like I mentioned earlier, when uh, I was sitting in for, for Craig today in that 11 o'clock hour, and Cameron and I were having a kind of a recruiting discussion, too. I, wor- I wonder about... We all, obviously, you add in Texas and Oklahoma and all those discussions, but there's three guys now I'm thinking about in terms of how do they counteract the new SEC. Lincoln Riley coming from the West, Ryan Day coming from the North, and Dabo 
coming from the east and north, however you want to look at it. Dabo's doing really well right now. He is. He's really getting fired up in recruiting. And we know all three of those guys can recruit, but kind of what's that pitch going to be for coming to Texas, for doing what he pulled off with, what's his name, Klubnik? How does he pull that off now? Come in, make the argument for here's why you go to Clemson. We still play the best of the best, and we're going to play those SEC teams, and your family can still – like, what's that argument? Because now it's a little different when you've got College Station and Austin are involved for these Texas kids in terms of you know the family getting to see you. Yeah, and he's built a big-time culture there at Clemson. It's always had a culture with their own Dev Valley and coming down the hill and all that stuff. That's pretty iconic stuff. And if That's you're cool, yeah. getting recruited by Clemson, that stuff has to shout out to you. And you rule the ACC. You're always winning it. So you know you're going to be able to play with the 12-team playoff, those SEC and those uh, big Pac-12 teams, Big Ten teams. You're going to be playing those guys because, again, you, re- you rule the ACC. ACC. So, yeah, at those pitches, I think they're going to stay. I think he's still going to get big players. Like, I saw his recruiting class as of late. It's big time. That running and, back in 25. Yeah, that's Ooh, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they're, they're still going to get guys because Dabo has made it cool to go to that part of South Carolina and has built a culture there. So, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that they've had, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, like, K. Klubnik now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very intriguing place to go, but – Yeah, man, I think USC, he's not going to have no problem there getting guys to want to come to Los Angeles. What? And and now adding those Big Ten games and stuff. Yeah, he's going to get like, I know this is UCLA, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came all the way from New York to go to L.A. For a reason. You're mm-hmm. going to have a lot of guys that, kind of like what we see with Trill Carter coming from Minnesota to Texas, big reason why he wanted to come to Texas, he talked about, I want to get away from the cold. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be in the heat. I want to, you know, be walking to class and see girls going to classes in their bikini tops and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's a real thing at those types of schools. So, yeah, man, I mean, each pitch is going to be different for each player. There's still going to be those guys whose parents went to the University of Texas and A&M that want to honor that, and that's what they grew up in and you're gonna have those guys that are gonna flip because of UI NIL reasons and this and that like there's just so many different aspects to look at it when it comes to recruiting and I think Steve Sarkeesian has done a really good job at getting really good classes in getting guys that he wants and that fits his system while even focusing on the Big 12 this year going into the SEC that's major. All right, uh, before we hit this break, Zay, we remind everybody, today's uh, parade day for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, are we done with the parade, by the way? Can we get Mr. Jokic back home to Serbia to his horses? Yeah. Is everything yeah, good? Uh, I think it's good. Okay. I mean, he's cussing and stuff, so I think he's... Uh, did he get up there swearing yeah, drunk? Yeah, he's definitely swearing. I love when they get hammered and start swearing at the parade. One of my favorite things. Oh, I love it. I remember LeBron did in Cleveland. Like That was basically a Chris Tucker special. Like, he was swearing and cussing and this and that. And Joker, he has dropped a little F-bomb talking about, oh, yeah, I want to be on the effing parade, y'all. Y'all didn't oh, yeah. want to be on the effing parade. <laughs> I do want to be on the effing parade. We don't got that to play. But yeah. we know Mike Malone, he's been wilding since they won. Ever since he got on the stand and they gave him the trophy and he just said, we want it next year. Yeah. And he was on the Pat McAfee show dissing Braun. Wow. Just flat out dissing LeBron James, which – He's a part of LeBron's whole, like, legacy. He was over there in Cleveland when LeBron was at Cleveland. So they have some type of relationship. Come on, coach. And he just flat out say, oh, yeah, let's let y'all know I'm thinking about retirement, giving a shout-out to LeBron when he was thinking about retirement when they lost 
4-0 to the Nuggets. So that was a little petty. Uh-huh. And then probably a tipsy slash drunk Mike Malone said this at the parade. Okay. What a great day to celebrate a championship, but we're not done yet. We're some greedy bastards, baby. We're some greedy bastards. We're getting another one. And I'm out. <laughs> that was the head coach. <laughs> The head coach just told the parade, we some greedy <laughs> bastards. Okay, Zay, first time in my life I've ever said this out loud. I wish I was a Denver Nuggets fan today. Because, I'm sorry, sometimes you have to embrace whatever that culture is around your team, your coach or whatever. Dude, I would start pounding my chest and screaming, that's my head coach. For better or worse, I would say, you know what? Whatever happens, we will go down with that kind of bravado. I'll follow him. Let's go. I don't know what the Rockies manager is like, <laughs> but the city of Denver might have the coolest coaches right now oh. out of all the cities. you got one coach saying, we some greedy bastards and guaranteeing a back-to-back championship next year, which is really hard to do. Like, oh, yeah. We haven't seen it since the Warriors 2017-2018, and ever since then, it's been a different championship each year. Like, this dude, you ain't Pat Riley, but I feel you. That's the culture. Uh-huh. And then we got bong-ripping Sh- uh, Sean, uh, Sean Payton, Payton uh-huh. over oh, yeah. there with no, the Denver Broncos. Stuff. Like, that's... Denver, they all won right now. I kind of need those two to do a podcast too. Can they? Can they? Can they do that? That's fantastic. You do you think how quickly are the shirts getting made up for that? Oh yeah, that's we're too some easy. greedy bastards. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Some <laughs> like do like an old prospector holding up, you know, with a, with a pickaxe holding up a big hunk of gold. We some greedy bastards. Here's number one, and then we're trying to find but, more. But like you know, kind of what we're talking about with the SEC schedule being in 2024. Enjoy this, Mike. Like, enjoy, Texas fans, enjoy this upcoming 2023 season because it's the last one in the Big 12, and this team could do something really special. And Mike Malone, like, is is this one not good enough? Like, I get it. You're celebrating. You're happy. But looking forward to next year, putting that pressure on your team already, and maybe that's what they need. Maybe you're like, maybe you know you, your guys more than anyone, and you know you got to press those buttons because you got Joker who acts like he doesn't give a damn about anything, and you need something to, you know, I don't know. But it's just a weird thing to just throw out there. And you can say it when you're in the moment right after you win the championship. To come back a few days later and call yeah. yourself some greedy bastards? Still doing it. Man, Mike, like, whatever he drinking, let me get some of that. Because on some level, I think they know that the fan base is kind of like to hear that. You kind of like to think that the coach is focused on the next thing and trying to get another one and everything. It's like that year that Bama won the national title, and they asked Saban what he was thinking about, how he was feeling, and he's like, I'm thinking I've lost some days in recruiting while getting ready for this game. <laughs> That was the first thing on his mind. You're like, dad gum. But on the other side, Zay, you'll be happy to know when Scott Van Pelt asked the Las Vegas Golden Knights coach what he was going to do, he said, oh, I'm going to go enjoy this. Yeah. He said, we worked hard, we won, and now we're going to go have fun. We're in Vegas. I'm out. I'll see you. Oh, man, that parade. Can you imagine? It might be hot as hell, but Ooh, yeah. they might have to have it pretty early. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That heat's serious during this time of they, year. They had to find that. They they had to do that parade like at a Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah, to get it inside. Right. Yeah. They may do it inside the Raiders Stadium. That might be a good way to do it. Go inside a bigger place, maybe. 
or the do Roomba, it, or do it in your arena. Just do a little quick trip into the arena, invite the fans in, so nobody dies out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, well, that heat but is he crazy. Passes out in the Vegas heat. All right, coming up, we will get you where we at in society. See what Zay wants to talk about today. Coming up at two oh five, I know what Zay will be talking about. Revolver by the Beatles. We'll hit that album, and the movie of the week is Coach Carter with Samuel L. Jackson. It's also June fifteenth at two thirty. We will tell you why today matters. Big old birthday in the NFL, somebody to keep an eye on, and a massive birthday in the world of rap. I'll get Zay's thoughts on where this guy ranks all time. Chad and Zay. Yeah, I got news for you, Zay. This is one of those that takes a while. We won't wait for the vocals here because the show might be over. But I do love this song and I love this album. Hangar 18 by Megadeth. That's right. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a few good Megadeth albums. I don't know that there's truly a bad Megadeth album. But this one? Yeah. So the album would be, this is, uh, well, the song is called Holy Wars, The Punishment. Dude. Rust in Peace is the name of the album, right? That's right. God, it's a good record. Such a great album. If you like good, hard, fast, complex metal, this is about as good as it gets. To me, this may be the best Megadeth album they ever did. Uh, and this is a song about uh, aliens at Area 51. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's a Very good, catchy. Good, ro- good romantic deal. There's Dave. Megadeth, Van Halen, Santana, and Jimmy Buffett to get us started today. A lot of good texts coming in on the Specs text line. We were just talking about Coach Malone of Denver. Uh, a little sauced up, still talking about repeating as champions and calling his team a bunch of greedy bastards. This text says, LOL, remember, Coach Malone is from Queens, New York. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So he does have a little bit of that attitude. That so- makes so much sense. Someone else texted, do y'all remember Dirk at the parade? Oh, that was serious. That's right. Dirk in 2011 was hammered. Remember? Not as hammered as Tom Brady, but... No, yeah, that was a good one, too. When Tom's Tom- was the worst. Oh, and what did they say he was on? Like avocado margaritas or avocado <laughs> martinis or something, because it was Tom. I mean, he's so clean, yeah. like a shot uh, will get him plastered. Dude, that was incredible. Yeah, love the parades when they get a little bit silly. Or uh, J.R. Smith at the Cleveland Cavs parade with no oh, shirt. yeah. Yeah, he woke up with no shirt, never put one on. Just he was partying all day long. Uh, coming up here at two oh five, we'll go album and movie swap, Revolver and Coach Carter today. And obviously, we're talking a lot about the SEC schedules coming up in twenty twenty four. Right now, though, let's see what Zay wants to talk about. Where are we at in society? Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to go to Twitter here? Yeah, go to your Twitter, man. All so. Right. Something that has gone viral that isn't sports-related but will become sports-related with where we at today, mm-hmm. Home Depot Girl. Oh, no. Yes. Home Depot Girl. Home Depot Girl. She has gone viral because a very pretty girl has posted pictures of herself, and she works at Home Depot. Oh, my. So, yes, okay. she is She is pretty. light-skinned. Yeah, she's fine. And people are thinking, you're too fine to work at Home Depot. She is so fine, Chad, that one of the greatest sinners of all time, yes. also a 
true F-boy in his own right for his Wallen days, now <laughs> and during his playing days, Shaquille O'Neal uh-huh. slid in her DMs. No. Yes. Slid in her DMs <laughs> on some smooth Shaq type stuff. Like, hey, don't let anybody bother you. You know, whatever anybody's saying, don't worry about that. Do you, girl. It's nothing like a working girl that can do her own thing. You know what I'm saying? Can you dig it? Also, if you need some auto insurance, check out the yeah, general. Check out- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need some auto insurance. Yeah. If you're hungry, we go to Papa John's. You know, I, I got to do a lot of things. I got choices. We got choices. Yeah. So Shaq has now made it a bit because it's Shaq. Anything for money, he's a genius. Like, we might make fun of him a little bit. But the man's a genius no. about making money no off the court. And mm-hmm. now having just big-time endorsements and things that he has invested in, he went to Home Depot to promote his new album that's coming out. Whoa. His new rap album that's okay. coming out. Okay. And we got the song for you. Oh, no. What All do you right. mean, oh, no? Oh, I'm sorry. Not, not oh, no. <laughs> not, oh, no. Yo, okay. uh, you'd lead, be surprised. Listen lead, to the lyrics. Lead single coming up. Right, lead here we single go. coming up. All right. She's in the back. She'll write a book about every step on my way up the ladder. I came out the mud. It was an ugly chapter. I don't even show up at your fancy parties. If you see me hanging out, it's off the finger rappers. Only ball to go platinum. If you count my points and rebounds, quadruple platinum. Got two retired jerseys in two different cities. I'm still waiting on that call from the Orlando Magic. Lonely blessed. Looks at them on the check. I cannot be quoted for less. Taking trips day to day. I get global respect. When I'm not with Kenny Smith, I'm still close to a jet. Can't believe my little brother Kobe gone. Thank you for the three-peat. If I talked about that pain, you wouldn't believe me. Michael by the L.A. Sparks and change the name to the GGs. Get Chuck the coach and first ship gonna be a freebie. Oh. Broken records, broken backboards. Broke the records for broken backboards. I'm that raw. Turks and Caicos with a bad bra. She don't say through my phone. She huh. get the shot okay. with the black cars. Ah. What's it called? Uh, uh, like the uh, my kids and they I think it's coming out. Stock portfolio as thick as a Harry Potter novel. And my rings got for lots of the stones. Steezel. Maybe not. I have no idea no. what it's called. I'm throwing a diesel reference yeah. in there. Yo, man, you can't sleep on Shaq's lyrics. He's not bad. He's dropping heat. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, for the for the non-rapper rapper community, is Shaq like a Mount Rushmore guy? There, yes. Okay, he is definitely Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I yeah. like the I like the Kobe reference. He gave Kobe some love. Yeah, gave Kobe some love. Shout out Chuck. Talking about changing the LA Sparks to the GGs. I like that because he's giving Kobe love there. It's yeah. Like Chuck should coach him. It'd be a freebie. And then he talked about even when I'm not with Kenny Smith, I'm always close to a jet. That's good. That's fine. I like that. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> That's fire. Yeah, that's very good. All right. So new new Shaq <laughs> album coming out. And went to Home Depot to promote the album off of this Home Depot girl who's become famous for being hot and working at Home Depot. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. By the way, I would like to say that this this woman is all kinds of hot. She's yeah. she's hot like made up hot in this picture, and I just retweeted it. Zay is at ain't, at ain't that underscore Zay. I'm at C Hastings 1049. The sh- the picture on top, she's all, she's made up, made up, and the hair's pulled back, and she's looking incredible. Yeah, she yeah. But Zay, her in that Home Depot. Uh, what do you call it? The apron with the glasses on. Oh wow! Yeah, I know it's tough. The hot teacher vibe going on there is incredible. Right. Well done. I don't know what Home Depot girl's name is, but well done to you. Yeah. If you got Shaq sliding in your DMs, I'm sure others have. Just 
Shaq actually put it out there because he's proud of, you know, his his craziness his game. Yeah, yeah, and his craziness. But you know, hey. That's impressive. How can you not be into that type of thing? She knows how to fix stuff. Probably knows her way around a lot in your home. Oh, can you? And imagine? she looks like that, dude. It, don't. That's the next level. If that, I mean, because you have to have a certain amount of knowledge and proficiency to work at Home Depot. But if then it's the next level that she can really go after it, and she get, you know, she is handy in that way. Oh my God! See, that's the thing. That's why she's been so popular because she's been a voice that. Well, which I don't care which way you go, but she's been a voice for girls who might not want to go the model slash OnlyFans route. Ah, I see. So yeah. she said, hey, you could work hard and do things a different way. I might be beautiful, but I'm no better than anybody else. I work at Home Depot. Yeah. Grab a screwdriver. Yeah. Hammer. Saw. Drill. <laughs> Dude, that's a se- that's sexy as hell, man. The idea of a woman like, what, what what's uh hey? So what, what are you and your lady doing today? Well, I'm just chilling out in the house. She's building a shed in the backyard. <laughs> she's what? Yeah, she's building a shed. What, what? Yeah, while you in the kitchen cooking pies and stuff. Yeah, yeah she's building the shed. By, her, by herself? She told me I can't come out there until yeah. she's done. She's mowing the yard later, too. Yeah, she told me to do the laundry. I've been, I'm halfway through the second load of laundry. She's building a shed. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, she's beautiful, man. That's a crazy story. And bravo to Shaq for finding a way to diesel up that story. And make it about him. Only him. And he used it to promote an album. Yeah. Please tell me the album is called Home Depot. I, or it's called Mr. Fix-It. I don't oh. know. But the fact that he's like doing the video at Home Depot and he has his own apron on, like that's it's genius, Mark. Oh, it really is. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, keep an eye out for the new Shaq album. Up next, speaking of albums, we'll see what Zay thought of Revolver. Tell you what I thought of Coach Carter. And we're still talking SEC schedules for 2024. Longhorns excited that the A&M game is back, that the Arkansas game is back. And yes, maybe even excited that the two cocktail party schools are coming to see them in 2024. Let us know what excites you if you're a Longhorn fan. You've looked at that schedule, and like I asked earlier, is there an SEC venue you really want to visit now that you're going to be in the SEC? Zay says he wants to go to Baton Rouge. What say you? 337-3776 is the Specs text line. Had a listener earlier say they've heard Starkville, Mississippi's a pretty good visit, pretty good SEC trip. Uh, so let us know what you think. What's your, what's your destination in the SEC? More coming up on the Horn.